Okay, it looks like we're at the reskilling event for December in 2019. It's uh, December 10th, and uh, it's the second Tuesday, which usually is our time for uh, reskilling, reusing, um, and that's just fine. Next month will be a little bit different, but that doesn't matter. In terms of the uh, audio recording, <clears throat> audio and video, uh, that'll still just be the same. It'll end up being at metagenie.com slash reskill. So this is uh, a reskill event outing uh, happening in which I really haven't had a chance to prepare a like a PDF or a PowerPoint uh, slide set for conversation. And also, uh, I'm only recording on one device rather than two, so I hope that the one recording device works, and it has worked uh, really good so far. So that's uh, good to know. The uh, my Android cell phone seems to be working good these days <clears throat> apparently my uh, the computer i brought didn't have the software uh, for recording audio and i tried to put together some uh, self-streaming that you can do with uh, vlc and apparently you can do it but i just don't have enough time to do it and so i was i thought it would be kind of neat but it would i think it's stuff it can record one frame per second and so you can essentially do a slideshow with an audio uh, using VLC, and I'll see if I can have some time to figure out how to, how to make that happen, because it'd be great to have a slideshow and audio embedded rather than having two separate files, which is what happens at uh, metagenie.com slash reskill. There's two files. You have to merge them together in order to uh, fully get a, a synthetic approach to, uh, to being uh, live. But uh, we're, we're working on uh, all aspects of that. <clears throat> but as I mentioned, I haven't had a chance to uh, put together a slide set. So I'm contemplating uh, either not doing one at all, which is not a good idea, uh, but I'll probably just do one after the fact. Um, but I am certainly a little discombobulated, and it'll, it'll show, but I guess I'll just start with my intro music. Okay, that sets the mood for me for sure. Okay, the um, <clears throat> what I usually do with reskilling is kind of do a brief little intro. There's a there's a typical slide which is always the same, indicating that reskilling, reusing, resilience, life hacking, uh, refusing, redressing, rescuing, rescuing, renewing. All those re words are things that we can talk about uh, in in this event. <clears throat> and which we are not afraid of doing at all, and we continue to do until someone tells us that we can't, and so far they haven't. So uh, um, we're going on to the second slide, of course, is to indicate that, yes, we're in the Portland Library, and there may be a small number of uh, people here, but uh, if you put this on the Internet, you now have the potential of having uh, eight, billion plus anybody in the future uh, listening to it. So that's the, uh, the, the very small versus the very large uh, perspective that we like to uh, engage in when we're um, creating these uh, reskilling and, and being part of it. <clears throat> so we like to reskill and reuse uh, and do in, in all aspects of, of life, be that, uh, you know, physical, emotional, uh, or in any 
other way we can think of. So uh, slide two has just so many different <clears throat> areas that we have in the past looked at and we will continue to look at in the future, knowing full well that we do believe in the Mandelbrot set and it's, it's mathematical um, beauty associated with small and large and the Rosemalling concept of the spiraling from the small to the infinite. <clears throat> the next slide here typically works the concept of project management. <clears throat> and again, uh, all ideas and principles, uh, if you come up with uh, an idea, usually there's tasks or actions associated with it, you turn it into a project, which means you want to look at all aspects of it, like how does it integrate with all the other projects you have. And uh, fully integrated projects uh, really are essentially program management, so that's how that wording is. But the projects have to do with integrating others. What's the scope of your, of your task? Uh, what, how fast you want to do it? How much is it going to cost? What quality are you going to live with? Human resources, who can you do? Who can get do for it, um, do it with? Uh, how do you communicate who you can communicate with? What are the risks associated with doing it? And uh, procurement, which is if you need to get some things, where are you going to get them? <clears throat> uh, moving on to uh, the body of our uh, reskilling event, I would like to move to uh, the, my, the library of my pictures that I've taken that are relevant so far uh, this past month. And uh, one of them, uh, the first one I want to show is a pretty lousy picture of a letter. Uh, many people have signed the letter in the Portland neighborhood, and it is a letter to the owner of the Caudale Seed Company when they have lots of uh, seeds and all kinds of great stuff for uh, growing things, and it'd be great, I'm saying, in this letter, and everybody at the last neighborhood association meeting, uh, a lot of people signed it, indicating that we would like to partner with them and come up with cute things. It might be a, a great way to... Um, encourage uh, neighborhood involvement and uh, outcomes for the community that are positive. <clears throat> I think I took the picture in low light and that's why it's a little bit uh, fuzzy which is kind of bad. Um, so next time maybe I probably want to um, take a picture in better light or turn the flash on or something. But uh, that certainly is uh, some thing that I'm learning how to do as a member of the Health and Education Committee, kind of come up with a draft of a letter and send it to the Executive Committee. Executive Committee approves, hopefully, and then it gets uh, disseminated uh, during our monthly meetings, except for this last month where we had a Christmas party and... And, uh, so we didn't uh, really do any business of that sort. But we'll do it in January. I don't know how to go about thinking about who next would be a great letter to send to, but there is an image and an imagination associated with uh, thinking about what, a, what an owner or a leader would like to get a, a letter that's personally signed by many people of the community. 
Uh, the next <clears throat> picture I have is a, is a commitment that I made to the YMCA when they did some training about active shooters and about how uh, not to um, you know, be treating kids poorly in any way. And I wrote that down. I promised I would do all kinds of things uh, with kids. And so the idea would be that rather than just look the other way, if something happens, you certainly can recognize it as a problem and uh, notify appropriate people. That's probably the most relevant aspect. And one thing I learned, too, is that there's more... The first, the, the worst two states for child sexual abuse, uh, the, the worst is Kentucky, and the second worst is Indiana. So Louisville is uniquely featured there to be uh, really, really bad around here in terms of uh, abuse. So uh, it's nice to be trained in <clears throat> active shooters and other things like that. But boy, it's kind of depressing. But be that as it may, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, it's probably useful to discuss it in terms of uh, being uh, a resilient society and whatnot. Uh, the next picture in my uh, photo up on Google, I go to photos.google.com in order to get these pictures. <clears throat> I think I'm, I need a little water. So the next picture is, uh, there's a weekly walking club, and the walking club is basically starting off really close to the riverfront, and then at the riverfront, one can see various things, and uh, the one thing that I saw when walking was a tire that had been probably... Uh, probably jigsawed the, the sidewalls off and then thrown uh, <clears throat> in, the, uh, in a field to be discarded and unwanted. <clears throat> and then, of course, it gets uh, hacked through by uh, the mowers every once in a while when, this, when the city decides to mow. So it's kind of decrepit, but it, it indicates that people are out there making tire, um, tire um, crafts by taking out the sidewalls, and then you have uh, a perfectly good like raised bed, and I've already done that in the past, and I've probably indicated that in a previous reskill event um, and shown pictures, uh, but this is an indication that... Um, Others are certainly getting the idea around here, and even though they love the beauty of, uh, you know, of uh, reusing a nice uh, tire, they're not afraid of just throwing it to the extra part sidewalls uh, into the uh, into a, a cl clutter and, and litter. And I think I may have mentioned in the past that I didn't know what to do with my sidewalls either, so I'm just kind of leaving them aside. And they are kind of uh, very interesting, uh, unique uh, um, morphology. And so maybe someday it'll become obvious that, wow, that's a really cool thing to do X. And then uh, there you have it. <clears throat> so that's one thing that happens when you're walking in a walking club. And the walking club is uh, on 
the uh, Portland Now events Facebook page. And uh, every uh, Sunday at 9. And uh, so that's what that's all about. And the next slide <clears throat> um, is a picture of, um, a, I guess, a sidewalk with a, uh, a railing about it. And the, I guess, the, I'm probably taking the picture because I wanted to create a, a memory of a good place where the, there's a wall that starts like six inches tall. It's a levee, and then it grows to be very tall. As the sidewalk uh, drops, the wall stays the same height. So then, therefore, uh, there can be all kinds of uh, parkour uh, physicality uh, with all four appendages done uh, by this uh, little uh, levee, <clears throat> cement levee that kind of uh, slowly increases in in height, so that's probably where that comes from. Uh, although it is a nice picture of the entrance of the K&I Bridge, uh, the pedestrian entrance, which we hope will <clears throat> be approved of sometime in the next 20 years, and I did write an article in the Anchor about such a thing uh, that's going to be coming out in probably uh, a couple of weeks or so, I think. Uh, the next slide, <clears throat> I took a picture of the, I took this picture and showed it to uh, University of Louisville um, organization that just formed recently, the student union <clears throat> made a new group called Friends Not Food, and it's kind of about animal welfare and so in the midst of the talk, which was kind of long and interesting as to me anyway, uh, I took a picture of those spices which uh, I really think make my food taste really good. So if I start with uh, bland food or non-bland food, but if, even if it's very bland food, this picture has, a, has those things which I put in it uh, to make it taste good, which is uh, peanut butter vinegar, uh, hot sauce, uh, some high potassium salt, and then I put in some uh, f flakes of flax, flax seeds for my omega-3 fatty acids, and um, what else, do I sh um, some sugar just to sweeten things up, and also soy sauce. And that makes it taste really good no matter what it is. So, good for me for making food taste good. Just thought I'd share that with everybody. <clears throat> this next slide is a picture of uh, a stump in the backyard that we left, and rather than get it, have the stump removed, we kind of left it along with piles of chunks of wood that had... Uh, um, shelf um, fungus, um, shelf mushrooms, shelf tree mushrooms on it, and apparently it did. It kicked in real nicely. So now you have this trunk that is being attacked by shelf mushrooms in big time, and 
uh, that's, that's a good thing because I think shelf mushrooms, they might be edible. If you mince them up, you can probably eat them or turn them into tea or something or a long cooking slow stew. Um, but I just wanted to take a picture of that because I think it's a great uh, use of an intentioned uh, purposeful fungi growth. This next slide <clears throat> is a picture of me, my canoe, uh, in probably late November, in which uh, the water was low and I uh, was able to easily go upstream into an interesting part, <clears throat> which is very flat and full of little ponds. So I was skipping along uh, and trying to avoid getting wet and the, uh, I think I ended up slipping and probably pulled uh, one of my <clears throat> um, midriff muscles. I think they're obliques. And it was probably not, uh, you know, it's, it's always unfortunate when you slightly pull uh, a muscle, especially when I already injured it maybe three months earlier. Uh, but it's coming along ni nicely. But it is something I should continue to uh, be mindful of. <clears throat> and the next slide is uh, some uh, piece of wood that I found <clears throat> there at the uh, piece of wood that I found uh, along that same canoe trip, and uh, it's a nice one, so I'm going to save it. And I've brought it home. It's in my car now. The next uh, picture is of some winter squash that I uh, bought from Kroger, and I'm using it in slow cooker, and that's going really well, so that's great, and hey, I paused the audio just for a second, I had to use the restroom, one thing I learned about the restroom is that you can, uh, when you have hair like mine, you don't have to use a towel to dry your hands off after washing your hands, you can just uh, scrub your uh, hair and uh, get your hair kind of mussed up and wet, but then again, it doesn't take much to just dry off your hands that way without using any towels or uh, paper towels if you happen to be in the library. Uh, but as I was mentioning, this, these, uh, these uh, winter squash, I'm in the middle of uh, consuming them, and it takes a while to go through, but they're all very tasty, uh, but they'll take me a while and they'll last a long time. So that's good. I'll just go ahead and uh, keep on proceeding. Uh, some of this stuff was used for Thanksgiving meal and the actually one of the one on the left, the yellow one, was uh, cooked in the oven, kind of overcooked and put in the compost and uh, well, the, taken from the compost and put it into a, uh, a wor worm pile, worm farm, and the worms actually uh, l love it. But usually I'm all about probably trying to keep the skins on and mince them up and then put it in the stew. Um, but, you know, if it's, some, if it's not that way, then you can certainly go ahead and um, give it to the worms if you don't compost it. This next slide is a picture of several, I uh, forget what they're called, stumps or ends or sections of 
wood from three trees that were taken down at the rec center. And I wondered how long it would be before they were taken up. And sure enough, if I saw them on a Friday, they were gone by Monday. But over the weekend, as part of the walking um, uh, event, uh, I went ahead and took several of them, rolled them over to the rec center building uh, for use of with the kids or to use them in gardening or who knows what to do with them. But they're great little uh, uh, sections that can really be used and, and will be solid and good for decades to come, I'm thinking. Uh, but certainly perhaps some new... Um, electrical poles were put up and they were a little bit out of the, the trees were a little bit in the way so some a couple you know an oak and a few a couple of sycamores were taken down uh, sad to see them go and sad to see most of the wood probably not used uh, I think I learned from my next door neighbor that they just get they could just get chipped up nothing uh, nothing used they just turned into wood chips. Oh, I guess the next slide is a picture of uh, those rounds right next to the uh, rec center. So there they are in all their beauty. And the next slide is a picture of the University of Louisville worm farm. <clears throat> I was given a worm farm from uh, a friend several years ago, and I used it for a while, and then didn't and I'm getting back into it so I heard that the U of L just says yeah come and get some worms so Sundays at noon you can go over and they'll give you some if you want some they have a big bed as can be seen uh, in this picture I think um, a lot of it is just scrap materials in order to make their bed and all the aspects associated with uh, worm farming and that's part of the composting uh, thing, uh, activities that are happening at the U of L in general. So it's fun to be a uh, part of that. And the worms are loving, like I said, the, <clears throat> the skin uh, of the, uh, the winter squash and also bananas and coffee grounds, which are generated daily pretty much. Uh, they're going to town on those so far, so good. Hope the uh, worms, um, you know, are successful and we can divide and add more dirt and just uh, start giving the stuff away. <clears throat> this next picture is a picture of the compost uh, at the University of Louisville and some students and faculty uh, going at it there with some uh, lots of vegetables that they just daily put into the compost and some of it is resting like the the stuff that's on the burlap uh, I guess uh, and then others yeah, the fresh stuff is being turned in um, by students in general uh, and it's quite the activity and uh, it's personally rewarding of course <clears throat> Looks like the next slide is a meeting about, a community meeting about things that are happening. And I don't know what the purpose of the meeting, of the picture is. Uh, 
but uh, that, this is the room where uh, I basically feed kids twice a week uh, with Dare to Care food. And uh, the rec center is now undergoing a um, uh, change in supervisor, so the person supervising is now different. And so that'll be a little bit of a ch change, of course. Uh, but you know, steady, steady she goes. Uh, the rec center is to be used by kids and adults, and uh, so it's it's a good it's a good community um, asset to have and to to use. Let's see. I guess this next slide is a picture of my efforts to chop down branches that are kind of in the way of other trees that are doing well. Uh, so I shimmied up and, and got a little hand saw and uh, sawed it down carefully enough, but not really carefully enough. And I don't know if you can tell, but there is a couple of smashed boards uh, there that need to be repaired as that thing was pretty heavy on the, coming on the way down. I probably could have coaxed it a little bit, but I also didn't want to hurt my hand or any way if it fell weird because I'm not a, a arborist. Uh, but typically then, uh, you see I have a picture uh, in the bottom uh, of uh, hand clippers, and I just clip all those things down and uh, put them in bins and uh, take them out for... Uh, the uh, city to pick them up. However, if I wanted to, I could just set them aside somewhere, keep them dry, and then they could be used for kindling uh, to start fires. But I think we do have a lot of chips and uh, bark and stuff already, so I'm thinking that I don't really necessarily have to. And since this picture was taken, I took down another uh, huge branch as well. So I'm feeling like... Uh, some good branches are uh, down, and uh, I guess I'll probably have to take take the saw to hack these the thicker ones, the thicker parts of the branches uh, a little bit more. Um, I guess I'll do that when it's daylight, so I don't hurt myself. Uh, but it would be a good vigorous outing and exercise. <clears throat> Let's see, and uh, another thing I can talk about this picture is that in the right side there is a, a crate no um, a skit a skid of wood wood pallet and subsequently I've taken that over to our compost pile because the the skids that are that were originally there are starting to rot and break so we need some more supporting wood behind that because uh, the uh, the compost edges need to be secured if you have that kind of a backyard uh, compost. Obviously, the University of Louisville's compost is just a pile and it has no sides, uh, but the backyard compost with the edges uh, is a little bit, I suppose you could say, neater. <clears throat> uh, you, the, the clippers that are in that uh, picture were also used in a another walking club event recently to go down to the river and go at some oaks that were had some persistent uh, poison ivy. I'd been there in probably March and cut most of the poison ivy, but I went down again 
uh, here in December <clears throat> and took even even more. So uh, there are some, um, you know, poison ivy branches that are like four or five inches in diameter, so I have to take a saw if I'm going to get those. And I'll do that probably here when uh, when it's cold and the uh, poison ivy is dormant and, uh, and there's not a lot of possibility for uh, spraying droplets to fly into the air uh, with uh, the dreaded urushiol. Uh, all over it. Uh, it'll be more dormant and dry, potentially. Uh, I guess the the one thing that I was pondering when I was doing that activity was the idea that poison ivy is uh, a native plant to uh, Kentucky, and everybody says, oh, keep the native plants, but I do think that in parks it's good to get rid of uh, poison ivy, even though it's native. And let's see what else. I guess I don't have any other pictures available, and so we'll just leave that as it is and move on to a couple of other ideas that I had that I didn't have time to put together in a slideshow. Uh, one was uh, kind of the, uh, the words and an explanation of my next uh, anchor, anchor article which basically is to promulgate the idea that uh, the conductors of the trains that are in Portland, uh, and there are a lot of trains in Portland, uh, could, when they go through uh, the neighborhood and in, their, in the yard and switching out um, various cars to go this and that track, they could, uh, the neighborhood could buy uh, Santa hats and then the conductors could use uh, put on the Santa hats in the in the mid to late December time frame, and any time kids are in cars, they can espy them uh, wearing them and honk the horn. Uh, so the conductors could give a signal that yeah, we think uh, the neighborhood's um, cool for giving us these Santa hats, and the neighborhood would say to the conductors, it's cool that you're wearing those Santa hats that we gave to you, and it's, you know, honking the horn is kind of disrespectful to the neighborhood, so, to the neighbors near the train, so I would just say, just be a couple of, maybe 10 days out of the year <clears throat> that that would be in place. So, yeah, it could be a thing, uh, likely that it won't, but it's still uh, an idea that can be an idea and to establish the fact that ideas can be put out there. So that's what that article is, and I think it might be published because it's kind of safe. Well, that brings me to um, let's see, the part of this presentation which has a song about trains. <clears throat> And I think the person who wrote this song is from Indiana. Call you up in the middle of the night Like a firefly without a light You were there like a blowtorch burning I was a key that could use a little turning 
so tired that I couldn't even sleep. So many secrets I couldn't keep. Promised myself I wouldn't weep. One more promise I couldn't keep. It seems no one can help me now. I'm in too deep. There's no way out. This time I really let myself astray. Runaway train never going back. Wrong way in a one-way track. Seems like I should be getting somewhere. Somehow I'm neither here nor there. Can you help me remember how to smile? Make it somehow all seem worthwhile. How on earth did I get so jaded? Life's mysteries seem so faded. I can go where no one else can go. I know what no one else knows. Here I am just drowning in the rain. With a ticket for a runway train. And everything seems cut and dried. Somehow, I just don't believe it. Runaway train never going back. Wrong way on a one-way track. Seems like I should be getting somewhere. Somehow, I'm neither here nor there. Bought a ticket for a runaway train. Like a madman laughing at the rain. A little out of touch, a little insane. It's just easier than dealing with the pain. Runaway train never going back. Wrong way on a one-way track. Seems like I should be getting somewhere. Somehow I'm neither here nor there. This time I really let myself astray. Yeah, that's my train song. Um, I don't have a problem singing that, and uh, that's how I'm going to say that. So, last November was the library's uh, DIY month. They have themes, so this last month was do-it-yourself month, and I don't have a problem with them doing that. So I just, uh, on my way to the Neighbors Association meeting, I went by the library uh, kiosk, and I just grabbed this book, which was Beginner's Guide to DIY and Home Repair, and certainly uh, it's really colorful, and the print looks really fun, and the organizations are so good, and the, these, this, uh, the various pages and the pictures are really crisp and clean, and it seems organized and not overwhelming, and words you can understand. And I think that it's a, it's a good effort for getting people who may be a little insecure to say, here you go, welcome, in the preface to the Beginner's Guide to DIY. And, and so they have pictures of people that are a couple that are in gloves and uh, masks, but then they're stopping for some coffee.
and another studious one using a pencil and a ruler and going doing something with the drywall. Um, and it looks like they've got some real, really good organized, um, uh, uh, like ha hacks or um, little sim symbols that get get an idea. Like uh, here's a, there's a hack. You've got a certain symbol and a technique. There's a certain symbol and a, a hint have the same. And they go into uh, using your brain rather than your muscles. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, hacks. Like, you know, take breaks if you're doing it. Uh, use levering action. And this is really kind of really neat. <clears throat> and just talking about doing project management, like get an estimate and prepare. And... More like keeping a clean, keeping things clean, getting the right equipment, <clears throat> and then they go into you know, constructing a wall and how the water is organized, the plumbing, how the electrical system, how to buy the right tools, cutting and drilling and fastening and uh, shaping like sanding and gluing and oiling and cleaning and drying. And uh, I guess different types of equipment, the fibers, and uh, and then there's different types of drilling. <clears throat> yep, yep. So that's that's what I'm uh, pretty enthused about with that regard. That if anybody wants to take on things such as uh, projects, that there's a lot of uh, books you can go and read, but they're not boring books. They're pretty interesting, and uh, take your time at it, I guess. So I guess I could probably go on, but I probably won't. I got a little bit of a late start for various reasons, I suppose, and am in the position where you know, the head librarians are saying I got to go pretty quick, and I got a lot to pack up. So this month may not be the longest uh, reskilling event that has been taken place, which is fine. I guess we're looking somewhere at 38 minutes. Um, by the way, speaking of 38 minutes, I did talk to the person, the uh, professor in the University of Louisville compost picture, and he puts on a maybe weekly or monthly uh, event on the radio and he says that it's about maybe 50 minutes of recording the audio. Then it takes about two and a half hours to um, cut and paste and put in the music tracks and all that stuff. So he just makes a little conversation, a 50-minute uh, whatever it is, him talking or interviewing others. And then uh, after a while, it turns into a, an hour-long uh, show for the radio. And uh, so that's that's what I want to say about my 38-minute um, uh, meeting, uh, reskilling meeting today. So as usual, go to the website to get the audio and maybe some slides. I think I'll pull, put together something uh, for them because they're not too different from the photos that are in my Google gallery. And we'll um, probably pack it up for the... Uh, 
for the evening and call it that uh, if you want to go get it, <clears throat> it's going to be at reskilling.com slash, no, it's going to be metageny.com slash reskill, and then also the link will be at the Portland Now uh, Facebook page. So here we go. Thank <laughs> you.